the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Happy New Year. Year's not looking so happy on Wall Street out of the gate. How's that for clever, right? Started off in record territory for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. That means we closed at a record high last year. All three markets are playing with record highs. But that's past performance, and it is not indicative of future opportunities or results. Eh. I'm not seeing anything that I typically follow making a big move up. I had a great year last year. I say this almost every year on Wall Street. Um, I had a great year last year. Maybe it's a little time for a little profit taking. Maybe it's time for a, a sideways down year. Maybe. I'm not a soothsayer. I'm not a crystal ball person. I'm not a fortune teller. It's all going to come down to a, all the economic data and business results from companies and how that we respond to the COVID vaccine rollout. This weekend, if you kind of had nothing to do on the couch, had a little bit too much on New Year's, you might have um, caught some news on how the vaccine's not going perfectly at this point in time. There was a story, and I don't really believe it, that, again, this is just, it was a story out there. You know, like in the Yahoo universe of stories, where you don't want to click it, but Supposedly, the vaccine is readily available in some CVS pharmacies in Florida. And you're like, that sounds to me like the rollout's not going very well, if that's the case, because that wasn't supposed to be the case. So we're a little bit skittish on that, no? I think we are. Um, Stocks hovered on or near the flat line today. 30 stock components put together called the Dow Jones Industrial Leverage. Uh, last year advanced about 7.3%. The S&P 500 was up 16.3%. That's a very, very good year. Real standout of 2020, though, had to be the NASDAQ, which surged 43.6%, the biggest one-year gain since 2009. That's a lot of do-re-mi. Stock market's position for further gains in 2021 based on twin pillars of coordinated Fiscal and monetary policy. We got some stimulus. There's going to be some debate on do we need one more round of checks. It seems like that's going to be a debate. But other than that, we seem to be in pretty good shape for the first six months of 2021. This week, we're going to get the elections in Georgia. We also might get some violence in the United States or in Washington, D.C., 
as there's going to be an inauguration and there's going to be a Congress counting of the electoral votes. And both seems to have potential for tinderbox kind of scenarios to play out. So the next couple of weeks are going to be telling. I think that's fair. Bitcoin falls as record-breaking rally loses steam. The price of Bitcoin hit an all-time high over the weekend, but then it slumped aggressively this morning. So how, how much do you want to read into that? I don't. It's really brutal for me to say, but when you see an asset, we're going to call Bitcoin an asset, right? When you see it down 12% in 24 hours, you're like, ooh. You know it was up 300% last year. Just be cautious. I'm not going to be preachy about it. You know, If you want to own it, own it. Um, I could see why people find it alluring. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Tesla's cutting prices in China. That could be bad news for all the alternative electric vehicle plays in China, like Neo, Lee, and Xping. Again, I bring that up because a lot of the emails that I get from listeners are they want to find the next Tesla and they're willing to buy things that they know nothing about. I'm like, what's the currency in China? And they don't they know nothing about it. How many cars did they sell? They know nothing about it. What sort of charging platform do they use? They know nothing about it. So be careful. Tesla's got a lot of um, street credibility right now, to say the least. But I think all eyes are essentially on Georgia and the election this week. And then the confirmation of Congress confirming the electoral votes and what happens if there's an objection. <coughs> Objections are very common, but they tend to lead nowhere other than to say, hey, I want some of those Trump supporters to vote for me in two years because I'm up for reelection. And I want to show them that I'm mad as hell, too. So that seems to be what's at play. History now is something that we tend to look at at the start of a year when you just had a very strong year-end rally. Is there a little bit of a hangover? Investors are once again weighing that you know, worsening COVID-19 picture. The next two to four weeks look like they're going to be really, really bad numbers. Record deaths, hospital ICU utilization below zero. Over the weekend, you might have heard stories about in L.A., there's ambulances waiting outside of hospitals for beds to open up when people pass or when they get sent back home. So the COVID picture is going to get worse. We kind of know that. Um, On the five previous occasions when we had a big run-up from November through December – of 10% or more. And the, I mean, we closed the year out really, really strong. In the f- uh, following, um, what is it? An average of the, or the, okay, so when you close out like with a 20, 10%, 15% gain in November, historically we've gone up 18% the following year. So a big push like we had in November and December of 2020 has led to a big year for the S&P 500. Now, that's five in a row that it's actually happened that way. That is a good historical trend. Or is it the trend is not your friend, it didn't breaks. I tend to like 
be questionable on assumptions. South Korea's population fell for the first time in history. I tell you about the year it was in 2020. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Carl Icahn has sold over half his position in Herbalife Nutrition. Herbalife is one of those companies that, are they a pyramid scheme or are they not? And in the past, Bill Ackman, successful investor, has clashed with Carl Icahn about Herbalife. And are they a multi-life marketing company or not? Um, those are the type of stocks I just stay away from. When two billionaires are fighting over is the company going up or going down, I don't want anything to do with that. Too much drama. There's other ways to make money in the stock market. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Anything else that we want to talk about? We'll roll it out throughout the day. Um, Find me again at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I don't know at times if you get the dilemmas that I do, but talking on air has really put an internal editor on my head on standby consistently, constantly. I don't know if this next story is a loser or a winner. Holiday air travel in the United States hits a pandemic high. Now we can stop and just for a second go, okay, why is Rob concerned? Because on one hand, it's a good story saying we're getting back to business. 1.192. So a million, almost 200,000 people passed through security checkpoints on Saturday. I kind of like that. When we were down to 300,000, you'd look up in the sky, 300,000 people through security one day. You'd look up in the sky and go, huh, there's not a lot of air traffic going on. We need this as an economy. But do we need it during a pandemic that has seen an ineffective rollout so far of the vaccine in the United States, although it's getting better? We've seen two vaccines approved. The third one's on the way. We've seen... Did you hear the one about the pharmacist um, who left out many, many trays of the vaccine to intentionally destroy them? And he gets arrested by the FBI. There's some issues, right? So when you see a story like airline travel is improving, but it's still down significantly, and it's improving during a pandemic, in theory, spreading more virus from person to person, maybe not during the flight, but when they get with their loved ones. That's the idea, right? I don't know if that's a winner or a loser. That's how like confused I am these days. Dr. Anthony Fauci on Sunday said the pandemic could likely get worse in the next couple of weeks. Um, we have the new, more easily transmissible coronavirus strain. That's floating around the country now, which has me a little freaked out. Not aggressively freaked out, but a little freaked out. So I don't know if the air travel story is a good story or a bad story. Are you with me? Air travel spikes um, seems to be like, well, we're getting back to normal. But again, it's going to take a long time. 
2022, 2023, or 2024 for the airline industry to get back to 2019 levels. So 2022 would imply a great recovery. 2024 would say, here's a worst case scenario. So if you were to betting on it, you'd have that in your head. And when I say betting, building a case to invest in, you tell me what that phrase pay, that pays means to you. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Again, big Tuesday and Wednesday, politically speaking, in the United States with all eyes on Georgia as well as all eyes on Congress certifying the elections, which for the record, everything I'm hearing, it's going to happen, but it's going to be dramatic. And it's all about political posturing. And like some famous philosopher once said, vote them all out next time. <laughs> Stop playing politics with our lives. Oh, let's see what's out there. China's planning a summit to complete its economic roadmap. Um, China's an economic power. They're big time. And if you don't think so, like America's the greatest country to live in. If you're in the America is the greatest country to live in, don't get too caught up in reiterating that again and again and again. Because China has a lot of financial power that they did it 20 years ago. Um, but China is going to be laying out their financial roadmap. And they tend to plan for a long time outlook. It'll be interesting to hear when they give us the update. Are they aiming more at telecommunications? Are they aiming more at medicine and health? Are they aiming more at... Uh, less at manufacturing for the world and more for manufacturing for themselves. We'll get a lot of investable ideas as that plays out. Apple had an amazing 2020. Um, what do they have to do in 2021 is a big question. Apple is the world's most valuable company, so they're big already. And trying to get the stock to move at this point takes a lot of money. It takes a big bet. The market capitalization is $2.2 trillion. The roadmap to $3 trillion is out there through some devices. 2022 should be the year that we see some sort of augmented reality headset. This has been speculated for a few years with the investments that they've been doing and, and the way they've been talking and building some features slowly into the iPhone. Microsoft is $500 billion behind Apple in market cap. That tells you how big they are. So iPhone 12 sales have been very, very strong. Investors are expecting a really good holiday period. Apple launched a new Apple Watch series in 2020. A new line of over-the-ear wireless headphones called the AirPods Max. The Max was a big marketing point for Apple. They've done a revamped lineup of MacBook Air and MacBook Pros with their own uh, CPUs. Um, they're slowly but surely going to be giving the boot to Intel. iPhone sales were soft for the early part of 2022, but... The iPhone 11 became the iPhone 12. <clears throat> so that's what they have to do. They have to continue to execute and slowly but surely work around the Department of Justice. And what I mean by that, um, who's, who's anti-competitive? It's funny because uh, 
Facebook points the finger at Apple and Apple points the finger at Facebook. <clears throat> so Apple has some features for privacy that they are rolling out. And that puts a lot of pressure on Facebook to fight back. There's speculation Apple might enter the autonomous car market, although that would ultimately be profitable. There would be a big cost up front. So it's all about the augmented reality glasses, um, tracking devices. They got something called AirTags coming out, which it, it I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's something I don't know. Um, do we really need tracking devices that are basically little, little GPS chips uh, put on a keychain, put on a phone? I don't know. That doesn't sound like the Apple I want to see. <clears throat> I want to see headset and uh, continued improvement in services, which, again, they've done a nice job. I'm subscribing to more Apple services this year than I did the previous year and the previous year versus the previous year. But can it really do much after it becomes a $2 trillion company, a $3 trillion company, a $4 trillion company? It gets much, much tougher, and their acquisitions become much, much more interesting. It's been said that MGM Films is up for sale, and Apple's got a ton of cash. That would get them James Bond and a ton of other uh, movie properties like Impossible, uh, Mission Impossible. Um, <clears throat> would that be enough to justify $5 a month, $6 a month, $7 a month for Apple phones? Uh, Apple TV Plus? Probably not. They got to figure that out a little bit better in 2021. No. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. Find me on robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Smaller metropolitan markets in real estate have always had a draw. I used to live in a small town. Think John Cougar, Camp, right? Um, little towns, little houses. You get the idea. I would refer to those markets like Indianapolis, Kansas City, Boise, Austin, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Memphis, Pittsburgh, um, they're not the L.A.'s, the San Francisco's, the New York's, the Chicago's, the Washington D.C.'s, the Philadelphia's. They're not the big, 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 big cities. I call them mid-level markets. Now, again, cities that are satellite to them are t- small cities, right? What we're seeing in real estate will be taught in textbooks in years to come. Pandemic comes in 2020. If you go to work, you might die. You might sue the company if you die. Company says, let's send everyone home. Have them work from home, furlough who we have to furlough, fire who we have to fire. So there was a dynamic that started with, let's send people home. There's a big question on when the pandemic ends. If it does end, we're looking at spring, summer, fall of 2021. When do people go back to work? And there's a really interesting argument to be made that Detroit has benefited the most from what's happening in the pandemic and the people moving away from big cities. We've learned that we can work from home. Therefore, you can work for Detroit and home could still be at the beach. You don't have to move to Detroit 
probably, let's for, say for the sake of this argument, an unattractive city of far as what it offers versus, say, a city with a beach or a city with mountains. So Detroit's learning, hey, we can get some pretty good talent and we don't have to pay as much as we used to to get them into Detroit because you used to have to overpay people because the market wasn't very attractive. So it'll be interesting to see how the pandemic in 2021-2022 deals with recruiting of talent because you can actually get better talent at a lower price now across America versus the expensive real estate that is California. Home prices are rising across the nation is the point when I'm trying to push here. Home supplies have historically risen most in large cities. Um, it's a little unfair when you walk into the world of which is better. Is it real estate versus stocks? And historically, stocks have thumped real estate. Real estate has the inherent advantage of people are using leverage. So that's where people get these eyeballs that are outsized gains Leverage works both ways. People very rarely realize that until it's too late. But nationally, home prices are up a remarkable 8.4% in October. That's up from a 7% gain in September. So there's something here. Big cities like New York, Chicago, LA have typically had the jobs. Then there's secondary markets for jobs. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Boise, Idaho, Austin, Memphis. They're seeing the strongest price gains right now because they're more so in the middle of the country. They're not the big cities where the jobs are or are they not. Um, some comedian said something like, oh, San Francisco, it's the, it's the greatest city that's the – no, it's the crappiest city of, of the ball. <laughs> it's – it had a thing pre-COVID. Let's see what it looks like after COVID, right? Uh, who wants to live in a high-priced apartment if their restaurants aren't there, right? If restaurants aren't open. So there have been historically more affordable markets, the mid-level. And again, think Pittsburgh, think Cleveland, think Cincinnati. And you can even think in sports, right? The sports analogy works here. Players want to play in L.A. Players want to play in Miami. Players want to play San Francisco. Players want to play in New York. Eh, not always, but you get the idea, yeah. So when you hear that argument in sports, it's the same argument in real estate, the big cities versus mid-tier cities. And yet it's the mid that's having the thumping of prices. They're, they're way out gaining. They're up over 10% versus the average 8.4%. So more affordable markets are becoming less affordable, though, as prices rise. And again, it'll create the situation of we hate you Californians. If you go to Portland, Oregon these days um, and you have a California license plate, they're not going to key your car, but they're not going to they're going to notice. And they're going to go, oh, hope you're not coming to look for a house. <laughs> right. Mortgage rates set more than a dozen record lows in 2020. That's helped the whole overall mortgage rate um, environment for providing cheap housing. It's helped in the face of the expensive housing, the lower financing of said housing. It looks like home prices continue their toward pace into 2021. Is that something I would panic over? No. Um. 
that's probably the number one email I get or the number one email I got in 2020 was I sold a house and now I want to use the proceeds to buy another one, but I'm waiting for the home prices to go down. And the assumption there is that due to the pandemic or due to the economy, economic recession, that home prices will go down. And I would just be cautious with that because to me, the lower mortgage rate for 30 years is more attractive of rock, scissors, paper than the price of the home. I look at it as maybe I won't pay off the home in my lifetime, but can I service the debt in my lifetime? That's more important to me than the price. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Dow touches a record to start 2021, and then it falls 300 points. One of the things you're going to be hearing in financial media is how the first five days of January go. So goes the markets for the year. Again, I wish it were that easy. Will I pay attention to it? Yes. Will I go, wow, it was right again or wrong again if it fails this year? No. I. It's just part of the process of – it's almost like when you go to like a Catholic mass, you know, like, oh, is this the part where I kneel? Yeah, we look at the first five days of the stock market and we try to extrapolate that out in like learning the system and getting comfortable with it. But I don't want you to like put all of, how shall we say, your, your dinner money into it. Was 2020 the year that you learned to cook a little bit better? 2020 was the year that I cooked. I took my cooking game up a notch. Odd, right? Stocks pair gains after touching fresh highs. I'm taking a look now. The Dow's down 300. The Nasdaq down 24. The SP 500 down 23. After opening a little bit better, is it profit taking from a strong November December? Is it? Uh, we don't really like the direction the country's going in with the Democrat president, maybe Democrat Senate. If the Dem- Democrats do manage to flip both seats in Georgia, probably Wall Street in general wouldn't like that. Democrats are known for uh, tax the rich. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, I, I don't know. But Wall Street tends to go, we don't want money going into government's hands. We want money staying in the private citizens' hands because they'll spend it in a more business capitalist kind of way. Um, so this is going to be a big week. And maybe maybe Wall Street today is jittery because of that. Would I change the way I invest if the Senate goes completely Democrat? I would a little bit. Would I change it if it's gridlock? I would a little bit. Um, I like gridlock historically, but it's a weird thing to say out loud because we're not in a system where gridlock is appreciated right now. We're in the Republicans hate Democrats. It's like when I it's the old phrase that I said when I came to San Francisco 20 plus years ago. Um, they're like, you're from the East Coast. Are you a Republican? I'm like, not really, just because I'm a, on TV and just because I am do finances don't lay pigeon me. Like, no, let's not go there. And I was quickly taught a lesson that in San Francisco, the city of San Francisco, there's liberals and there's Democrats. And there's no other – there's no – don't put your name on a ballot if you're a Republican in, in San Francisco. And I was like, is that a joke? Because I was like, really? And it kind of makes sense, but the Democrats don't like the liberals. It's wild how political factions kind of go against each other. Anyhow, and anyway, Google's up higher today. Not much else. <clears throat> Oil's lower. The Russell 2000 small cap index had a great year last year lower. 
NASDAQ's down just fractions, having uh, better sway. Let's see, gold and silver higher. That makes total sense, right? A little bit of let's sell stocks. Let's put money in something that is a hard asset versus a liquid asset. Uh, the 10-year treasury, which is going to be 2021, a year that it has to deal with getting above one. It's at 92 basis points right now. In my history, in my experience, Wall Street gets a little jittery with big numbers. So when it goes above one, we'll have a day on CNBC like, the 10-year treasury closed above one today for the first time ever. And it'll be dramatic. Um, and Wall Street will deal with it. But we'll get there. And again, I would like to see the 10-year treasury at 2 2.5% in the next three years. But I don't know. Cheap money seems to be one of the panaceas for this market. Bitcoin's at 31860 Wow, that's all over the place. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money. Invested in my online at show.com. Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Let me show you how 2020 is summed up in my life because I'm kind of a pessimist, all things considered, socially speaking. I'm a lone wolf, so it wasn't the worst year in the world for me, but someone saw me the other day and they go, wow, Rob, it looks like you've lost weight. I get, I go, yeah, good news, bad news. I've lost some weight, but it's been muscle because I'm not going to the gym. Is that not valid? Like, oh, I'm puffy or I'm pasty or I'm something. <clears throat> oh, my, oh, my. The last three weeks of an administration will be dramatic, it appears. Will that hurt Wall Street in the long term? I don't think so. We've had contentious politics before. But is it something worth looking at? Sure. You're going to get a $600 stimulus check. Um, spend it carefully. Some consumers may be shocked to receive Visa debit cards with stimulus cash in January. Don't throw the cards out. I'm not a big fan of Visa gift cards. I own shares of Visa. But not a big fan of Visa gift cards, except for maybe from a business perspective. I don't know. Um, everything's plastic there now, right? <clears throat> a lot of states are getting new minimum wage as the year kicks off, which will be an interesting to watch how restaurants deal with it when they do reopen, when the pandemic starts to fleet. Um, in other years, <clears throat> where we're not surrounded by pandemic news, the restaurant industry's bitched and moaned, groaned and, and, and you know, oofed at having to pay higher labor costs. These were mostly all voted in and or phased in, so they're pretty well known. We have a new streaming service. Discovery Plus saw a commercial for it last night. Um, and it's only four ninety nine, and Netflix is pushing twenty bucks, but Disney Plus has a lot of room to raise prices in the coming years. Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, ESPN Plus, or a package of them, all owned by Disney. There's a lot of value right now <clears throat> compared to Netflix. Now Netflix has got the shows, where they've got the volume, 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 right? 
where do I go with this? Um, if I were to be an investor, would I go after discovery? I think discovery could be acquired. And it would make a lot of sense for someone like an Apple Plus TV, Apple TV Plus to go after them. It wouldn't cost Apple that much money. Now, when you look at the other services, Time Warner Plus, HBO Max Plus, whatever you want to call it, Peacock Plus is out there. <laughs> Don't you love the Plus? Um, they're pretty robust services. I was playing around with them. The HBO Max is they've got a lot of good content there. You know, they got the history of HBO plus, and they they seem to have better movies than Netflix. But they, again, 2021, the streaming services go on and how do you want to be position yourself? Netflix is clearly going to run out of the ability to say 40 bucks a month or 50 bucks a month or 60, but there, there will be a price pain point that people are no good with the way Netflix will add on in the United States is probably go to 8k probably go to 4k premium pricing versus you know 1080 you get the idea but Discovery Channel is the food network it's HGTV it's Animal Planet it's TLC nothing I really watch on any of those channels but I get it and again, I think they'll be a nice acquisition target, as will MGM in 2021. So 2021, man, how about investments like IMAX or AMC movie theaters? You got courage to go after that? Or do you think the shift that has happened in moving us to more rural areas, will the same shift happen in how you play your investments? Be careful. Dollar cost averaging is one of the greatest investment strategies of all time. That means you invest every two weeks, every month, every quarter, every year, whatever it is. You don't look at 2020 and go, wow, that was a great year. You go, I'm just going to keep doing it. You don't have a crystal ball. I've already said that, you know, coming into 2020, we thought markets looked rich and overvalued. And then business went to hell in a handbasket and we drove stocks higher because of unprecedented level of stimulus from the federal government in two forms of monetary policy as well as fiscal policy. Um, so dollar cost averaging is something I don't talk much about. I'm going to be setting up a new podcast this year that's going to be more about the strategy of picking stocks and asset allocation. Um, it's going to be more about the theories of what 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, 50-year-olds should be looking at. It's going to be a little bit more about the investment steps, the financial steps that you have to take to hit financial security. And that's like knowing your insurance, knowing your investing, knowing your taxes, having questions about estate planning so that the government gets their fair share, but that your family gets their fair share as well. One of the funnier stories, and I think this is probably of my generation, is I'm a Generation Xer. And throughout my 20s, I just wanted to prove myself, right? I had that fire. Showed dad he was wrong. And um, as I opened investment accounts, as I went from company to company and you know got a little bit older, opened up Roth here, opened up an IRA there, opened a 401k there, all my paperwork always had my girlfriend's names on it because I left my family. I didn't leave my family. It wasn't dramatic like that. But as I hit my 20s, I, I didn't really want to leave money to my brother. 
that didn't make sense anymore. I wanted to leave it to my loved ones. So I left it to a lot of girlfriends. And had I died in my 30s or 40s, the shock <laughs> of what people would have got for not knowing me anymore is pretty humorous. We're going to talk – there's a new podcast probably in about two or three months. I need some feedback. Drop feedback to me, rob at robblackshow.com or rob at robblack.com. I'll still do the daily news. I'm going to do a little bit of writing, but i got to figure out something unique about that. Find me online at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black.